Today is Monday, June 3rd, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, yesterday was the second of the month, and it's the day that Our Lady gives a message on the day of prayer for non-believers. Why is it important that we know what day it is? Well, it's more for the future than it is even for the present. Many times in today's world, many people talk about the future, and they think about the future in speculation. But how much thought is given to what future generations are going to think of this generation and their response to what God has done for the world today? And that's the purpose of a friend of Medjugorje coming and speaking to you tonight through this broadcast. So we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. We often see the evils of the culture and think, how did we get to this point where things are or where they are. And of course, our lady's come to show us this. She's showing us that we can't continue on this path. We can't continue to look back. This is what Lot's wife did when they were told to leave Sodom. And as they did, she longed for that life. She didn't want to give everything up. She liked maybe the social life there. And he's coming to tell us, go a different direction. Change the direction of your life and don't look back. How did we arrive during World War II at Auschwitz? These death camps, the gas chambers, those concepts came from the halls of philosophy, the colleges, the universities, the thought process. That's where it started. Our universities are full of these philosophies. I just heard of a professor speaking in Tennessee at the university there. That God doesn't exist and how much he is dead and how much evolution is alive. These things spoken and trained and taught to youth manifest into something else down the road. Just like the gas chambers of Germany started way before that. You're not going to take a people in a country to accept those things and say they started having to teach the Jews wasn't completely human. They weren't part of the culture. 
The Aryan, Aryan race was number one on the food chain. Evolution taught these things. When you, when you move God out of the scenes, move God out of creation, move God out of the culture, what results is death. We've done that. And so, for a lady to be coming back to us right now at this moment and teaching us about the Father, showing us important that way, these things have more meaning than what we can understand in the moment without going into it through prayer. It's only through prayer we'll perceive the situation that confronts us. And so, as our lady came yesterday, June 2nd, to give us another message for the day of non-believers. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's June 2nd, 2013th message to Mariana given on the day for non-believers. Dear children, in this restless time, anew I am calling you to set out after my son, to follow him. I know of the pain, suffering, and difficulties. But in my son, you will find rest. In him, you will find peace and salvation. My children, do not forget that my son redeemed you by his cross and enabled you anew to be children of God, to be able to anew call the heavenly Father, Father, to be worthy of the Father, Love and forgive, because your Father is love and forgiveness. Pray and fast, because that is the way to your purification. It is the way of coming to know and becoming cognizant of the Heavenly Father. When you become cognizant of the Father, you will comprehend that He is all you need. I, as a mother... Desire my children to be in a community of one single people where the word of God is listened to and carried out. Therefore, my children, set out after my son. Be one with him. Be God's children. Love your shepherds as my son loved them when he called them to serve you. Thank you. I know of the pain, suffering, and difficulties, but in my son you will find rest. In him you will find peace and salvation. It's our lady that continuously tells us to hold on to Jesus because we live in a bruised and battered world, broken. Many people don't know where their heart is anymore. It's grown cold. The scriptures actually tells us toward the end the hearts of man will grow cold. There'll be no love. And so it is when we see things at the end of the road, the hurt and the frustration. Our lady comes and tells us today, forgive. Nobody has more to forgive than God the Father does. It's us who have thrown away salvation, stopped on it, not being in gratitude for it, been indifferent Lase with it, quasi with it. And yet we see 
that is difficult for us to forgive. If we know God the Father, if we know what He's doing, why can we not do that? And so in this bruised and battered world we're experiencing now, we're to go into the streets with our witness. Not to apologetics. Don't think for a minute that you're going to argue somebody to the kingdom of God. That's not going to happen. In fact, apologetics turn me off in a lot of ways. They help to a certain degree, but those apologetics are limited. You can't get everything out of apologetics. There's nothing like going to someone and helping them and said, I do that because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And he teaches me to love. You don't have to give them doctrine. You don't have to teach them. You don't have to pull up Bible and start quoting verses to them. You do it with the witness of your life to show them that you believe and you live in a family. That you hold on to Jesus as the one to save you. And that you can offer that to them in their broken world and all the trials that they go through. When you've said all there is to say When you've prayed as long as you can pray When you're broken, battered and bruised And you don't know what else to do Hold on to Jesus Hold on to Jesus Jesus, hold on to 
Looking at today's message, well, yesterday's message, but the message for today, and maybe this question is a little bit premature to ask, but thinking about a hundred years from now, long after we're dead, hopefully we're dead by then and in heaven, um, when future generations are going to be reading the transcript from this show today, and they're going to be wondering what was said about this message what do you think that they're going to be the key things that they're going to be looking for in the future? Obviously, there are this message is a very long message. The second of the month messages have been long the last uh, number of months. But if you were a hundred years from now and this was a message you were reading, the one thing that's going to stand out to you that you're going to want to know the answer to what did what did today? What was understood about that today? Uh, what do you think that would be? Well, looking back at history, how the church started, we know more than what Peter, James, and John, and all those apostles who walked with him and disciples, even though they saw the great miracles. We see great miracles associated with Medjugorje. Beautiful, incredible, and into the numbers of the millions. I don't say that without exaggeration. I watched Medjugorje do adorations. And Father Sofko has to be credited with this. And rebirth it across the world. There's people building adoration chapels now. There's people doing things. They don't even know what the roots are. It was dead. The Eucharist and all this that we're doing now and the Eucharistic adoration had fallen off in the 60s and 70s from the 50s. I was on the decline. And here comes Medjugorje. And I saw it revived. Adorations like no one else ever had. Or experienced. And they moved to inside the church. In fact, that one night in adoration, <clears throat> most of our group had gone to bed. I went to the church and it was so incredible. The power of the adoration. I, there, there, was, there was angels inside St. James Church. You felt it. The singing s- sounded like heaven. I ran out of the church. I ran all the way two blocks away. And I started knocking on the doors. I said, you have to get out and come to adoration. Some people hollered back. We're already in bed. I said, get out and come to the church. Most of the group came back. They didn't regret it. There was such a spiritual experience of the singing. The way it was, it was something beyond the people singing there. It's a profound thing. To adoration. And adoration and those people who witnessed that went back home to their parishes and they started it. I watched Medjugorje renew fasting around the world. It was dead. The fasting you see and what people are doing came from Medjugorje. These miracles seeded and everything in the future will come through Medjugorje. People don't comprehend that. They don't have the history. They didn't see it. Fasting was dead. And it was revived through that. Who was going to confession in the 70s? All on the decline. 1981, it all started back again. I watched that. Those of you who went to Medjugorje, you've seen that. Maybe you didn't have the continued monthly visits or even every other week I was going taking a group in the beginning days. But confession was renewed 
in Medjugorje for the whole world. Those three things, Eucharistic adoration, confession, and fasting, is all growing from the seed in the tree of Medjugorje that it seeds out when people come there and go back to their respective areas. To be a witness to that, to testify to that, a hundred years from now, you look back and you see this miracles because every person that came there and went back created these miracles. To see people go up to Cross Mountain. Cross Mountain has so many miracles that it has to number into the millions, the spiritual experiences of the people that have that have gone up there. So what will people think when they look back and what will they remember? They're going to remember something that what this time was about, that educators and leaders of this time was diminishing the importance of God. Because they were diminishing that, we're going to have a history that we don't know yet because it's our future, that they'll look back on in history and see when you diminish God, it never results in something good. We're entering into something that's not going to be very good. We'll come through it because of the messages. That's his purpose. When people look back on this, they'll say, Whoa, the God of the Israelites, look what he did to his people. Sometimes God crushed them. Rather, God let his enemies crush them, or her enemies, speaking of Israel. And so our enemies have power now. They hate Christianity. There's people out there who would like to see it go away and squash because it's been diminished. Because God's been diminished, and we allowed that to happen. But thank God we have these miracles. Everybody's witnessed them. that's gone to Medjugorje. Your own personal miracle. Those who are veterans of Medjugorje sometimes scringe from and withdraw when somebody wants to tell you about your miracle because everybody's got them. It's profound for that person. It's really a miracle. But you heard so many of them that it's come commonplace. You're going to have miracles here in July. Here on these grounds, July 1st to the 5th. You want a miracle? You come here. You'll experience it. If you have an open heart, if you pray, if you prepare, if you fast, I guarantee you, you'll experience personal miracles. It may not be what you think it's going to be. It may not be as profound to somebody else, but it will be profound to you because you know you'll have an encounter with God. And I can guarantee that. Why? Because as Son 2 said, know your enemy, you know yourself. Then I know Medjugorje. And those of you who know Medjugorje, you know what happens through it. So yes, it's a good question. What will people look back 100 years from now? They'll see where we were. That we were fat cats. We had everything going for us. That we were in a time of pleasure. We were in the sunshine. And we were in sin. And a storm was coming. And we suffered for it. Because we suffer for it, we got on our knees. The pains, the suffering, the difficulties, all our purpose, because it's to draw us toward the sun to find rest. In Him, we'll find peace. And a hundred years from now, people will look at that, and they'll know what's coming in our future as history, that what they went through, just like the Israelites. And they'll find a wonderful, wonderful story full of difficulties, even horrors. Because we've diminished God, we're inheriting a culture that's going to die. 
but a new springtime, a new one will flourish. It's a beautiful thought to think in the future how people will look back and what they'll see with us. Do you feel your life sinking? Life is about to radically change. Man is always given signs before divine intervention. The woman of Revelation 12, the great sign warning the world, find salvation now. The mother of Christ, the great sign, appears daily to Medjugorje visionary Maria with a message. Without Jesus, you have no future. Come to Five Apparitions of Mary, July 1st through 5th at Caritas, Alabama. A 4th of July giving yourself, your family, and nation in consecration to the Virgin Mary, to Jesus, to heal the heart. Call 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. See medj.com, that's M-E-J dot com, medj.com. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. <clears throat> we have the May 2nd message that Mariana received last month where Our Lady mentions the Heavenly Father. And she goes on and tells us five times, actually six, no, it's five times she mentions Heavenly Father. Do you think she was prepping June 2nd's message? When she says, anew, to be children of God, to be able to anew call the Heavenly Father, Father. To be worthy of the Father. Love and forgive because your Father is love and forgiveness. Our Lady doesn't say something last month without something the next month coming that ties to it. Sometimes it's a mystery. Sometimes it's very obvious like this. We have something as Christians nobody else has. The Hindus don't have it. The Muslims don't have it. No other faith has it. A Muslim is offended if you call God a father. They're offended if you say Jesus Christ is God and that he's your brother. Why? Because they see God as something exalted, something so unreachable, something so intangible, something so far distant, the might of Him, that all we can do is just be smashed to the dirt. And yes, Our Lady says, you are nothing, and we should look ourselves as dirt. And yet Our Lady is doing something in Medjugorje to show us well, last, last month she says, If you desire to follow my son, you will not judge but love like you have any father. And when it is most difficult for you, and you are falling under the weight of the cross, do not despair, do not judge. She told us that the heavenly father has not come to judge us. 
She's built an intimate relationship with us, drawing us into the family, the family of God. She says, my children. She says, little children. And there's something she's saying that's so important not to miss that as the Muslims would see that we blaspheme God by calling him father. She's going just the opposite, even stronger. My children, do not forget that my son redeemed you by his cross and enabled you to anew to be children of God. We're children. We're in a family. And we have a close father, a good father. It's why fatherhood is so important today. And it's what's most under attack. So under attack that it's diminished. And it's the first steps for a culture to diminish God the Father. You mundane the Father. You diminish His role. You diminish those things and the importance of it. You tear down His image. You tear down who He is. You tear down God. That's the first attack. It's not through the woman. It's through the woman when she doesn't respect that. And so God shows us these things. Our Lady showing it. Her, her position as a, as, a, as a mother to her children. A father's role is so important to imprint upon his kids what he does. We had graduation. We've talked about it already a couple of three weeks ago, or two weeks ago or so. And we did something there that was really awesome. We had, did square dancing. And the guy who came out with the square dancing, the, the, the calling was, what was he, the number four in the nation? Number five? They go to all these Olympic things, type square dancing. We just wanted to do it, did it for fun. And we had to learn it. We didn't know it. A few people had done it before. But it was a big hit. It was so fun, so much a joy. That even the next night where we was at this place, they want to do it again. We didn't get to it because we had some other things we did. But that night, doing that square dancing was such a joy for everyone that we went past. And the guy that came when we, we hired to come down there stayed and he stayed and he stayed and he stayed. And we kept going. He'd been doing it since he was 11 years old. And he said, at the end of that, he says, this, was it 32 years, I think? Yeah. 32 years. He says, this was the most fun he's ever had in 32 years. Because it's fun watching a lot of holy Christians do things with joy and not acting crazy, but the sheer joy and the pleasure and entertainment of it. And you with God. He got one point off a little off color. He's a Christian. He goes to school. I mean, to church. And we said, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't go there. But what we experienced that night was such a joy. And this is typical. We bring people from the outside for different things. And they've told us over and over and over, this is one of the, most, the best experiences they've ever experienced in their career. This guy was no different. And he, he, was, he, was, he was losing his voice. He stayed so long. We didn't ask him to stay. He just said he enjoyed himself more than he ever had in his 32 years of doing this. And this is what our is trying to get us, to come with God the Father. You know, it was um, David came and danced in front of the, the, the covenant. 
And there's a lot of joy if you do that, not in the way of the flesh, the way the world does things, but in the way of the world, the way God does things. Dancing at his feet. There's something special about that, that we're in a family, a family of God, that God wants us to have the joy through the eyes of prayer and walking in a family. And as a community, that's what we did. And that's one of the big things in this message. And I think 20 years from now, everybody will remember, because we did this in a barn. We were staying like a plantation house. We walked across there, and nobody knew what was going to go on as far as the whole community. And then we walk in there, and we have the whole hallway in the barn with like 20 stalls where the horses were kept, or used to be kept. And we square danced there. It was a beautiful scene, a wholesome scene, and a whole lot of fun. And it imprinted our kids so much that I know they'll never forget that. And God wants to imprint us with the same one, the same way with fatherhood. And the earthly father is the first image of God the Father. And the mother supporting that brings joy to life. And we experienced that that night, as well as the guy who was a professional at this, experienced life with us. I'll always remember that night in September, the party in our old red barn. I was five, kind of shy, I was trying to hide when I felt his hand on my arm. I said, Daddy, no, I don't know how. He said, Don't you worry, I won't let you down. larger than life That moment still lives on inside And when I'm afraid And need to feel safe I know I can just close my eyes And He carries me Be 
was just listening to a um, a Christian um, speaker, and he was saying that you know God's way is always hierarchical, and he works through the structure. And what Satan does is he he uh, turns that upside down, that hierarchical structure, and causes chaos through that. And then so if there is chaos in our families, the first place to look is is if we are living in the hierarchy that God has established. And uh, I just, um, in reading what you wrote uh, on this uh, message yesterday, I see uh, a thought came to me that uh, Satan is so clever in how he mimics God because in his bringing about devastation by mimicking God's way, it scares people off from God's way because they're they're seeing the negative side of authority. They're seeing dictatorships misusing authority, those kinds of things. And so to authority then becomes something that is frightening and scary because of the excesses that happen. And yet, he says, obedience is is the only way to God. And, and um, that's, that is, um, you know, often what you have said, obedience is, is better than being right because God will work through that structure to bring about the good. So what do you say in, in answering people that are afraid of authority because of, of what authority in a, in a bad way can bring people? St. Paul talks about that. He says, don't be afraid of authority. Be obedient to it. And it'll come to your favor. If you're always working against an authority, then it's going to come against you all the time. <clears throat> if you work with it, if you're in compliance, if you're work, People excel in companies because they do the right things. You follow the rules, you rise up, and you gain authority. And you gain freedom and liberty with authority. The fact that we don't have liberty in our nation right now is the fact that we're disobedient. We're following sin. We're following the flesh. We're not going which way we need to go. And so how can you use somebody like that? If you're in a company, you don't excel. And so we have a rebellious people, a rebellious spirit. You know, T-shirts used to run around in the 70s and says, buck the system. Well, what is the system? Order. What is order? God. What is God? Truth. So buck the truth. We're supposed to be following truth in all ways, in all manners, except with one exception, if it's against natural law. I was listening this afternoon on Catholic Radio. Just amazing how stupid they are. And I'm not talking about all Catholic Radio, but on this show. Talking about, well, we're not going to follow this. Is that HHS mandate? We're going to do this, and we're going to tell them we're going to stand up, and we're not going to do abortions in our hospital. And when they come to us, we're just going to shut down. And they went on says, how much Catholic care is done to the hospitals for so many people? We'll just shut down. That's exactly what they want you to do. Why is this happening? Because we've been disobedient. But what about authority when it comes to you to tell you you're going to shut down? Don't shut down. You have power. 
When you shut down, that's exactly what they want because then there's no Christianity involved with patient care. It's one of the things. It's going to, this mentality it just blows me away. It's mindless. It's, it's not even, can't call it stupid because nobody's stupid. They don't have no mind. They have any wisdom at all. They fired the first shot. This is very clear. No, we're not going to back down. No, we're not going to shut down. So, <clears throat> authorities to be obeyed, except against natural law, which the HHS mandate is against natural law, things it calls for and what it does, and, and against our conscience. But if you start living underneath the authority of God, you have power. You'll learn power. When somebody comes with all the clubs and do what they're going to do, and they're going to say to them, force you to do this, you're just going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll kill you. Go ahead. Bring me in front of Jesus in the next moment. I don't care. Take my life. Take everything I've got. That's authority. And that convicts. Many a pagan left the Colosseum seeing the defiant Christians when they told to bow down to the idols and were willing to give their life. Great is the God of the Christians because often the lions would lick their feet. Often they'd see miracles. Often the idol would be struck by lightning. Many beautiful stories in our church. We've forgotten that. Obedience is everything and obedience is more important than being right. A beautiful thing with this message is that Our Lady says something that's really significant. Very significant. In fact, we're about to take a break. Maybe we should do this. That first, we'll talk about it when we get back from there. The home is sacred, a noble place where order is born. The Greek philosopher Homer said, There is nothing nobler or more admirable than when two people who see eye to eye keep house as man and wife, confounding their enemies and delighting their friends. What takes place in the home has an important effect upon the whole world. If homes are unstable, the whole of society will be also. The only way to have a noble home and see eye to eye is to understand your role and live it. By this means, society will change. Many homes today, including Christian homes, are only filled with unpeace and strife. Is your home a sacred holy place, a refuge where the Holy Spirit wishes to dwell in the midst of family? Or is your home a war zone with no peace, full of strife and division? Is there hope for change? How to Change Your Husband, a book by a friend of Medjugorje, Truly the owner's manual for the family, God's direction through Our Lady and her messages from Medjugorje. For over 15 years, 
How to Change Your Husband Has Healed Thousands of Families Through God's Grace. How to Change Your Husband, available from Caritas of Birmingham. For a free download or to order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. How to Change Your Husband by a Friend of Medjugorje. Available from Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Maria has often said in her talks that when Our Lady uh, began appearing to, to the visionaries, that they fell in love with Our Lady. And after a certain uh, period of time, Our Lady said to them, I want you to fall in love with Jesus. And she led them towards this. And the messages really reflect that as well, the history of the messages. But now, um, you had mentioned before the show that uh, Our Lady is speaking so much about God the Father in these past several years. And um, I wanted just to read a a small section from... uh, how to Change Your Husband, the book you wrote, um, I think it was in 1993. Um, but you said that um, God is dealing deep within the spirit of manhood in the present time. Fatherhood is coming, and in the next few years, all will see by God the Father's design a rebirth of fatherhood. It is part of Our Lady's plans. It is welling up. Already football stadiums across the country are being filled with 50,000 or more men, all gathering with the express purpose to take up their role as shepherds. In the next few years, on all fronts, fatherhood is the coming societal change. Well, 1993, so that's, that's 20 years ago. And, and it is. It's not in some people's eyes. But if you want to see what's... The way we need to go, or which way we need to go, is look what Hollywood demeans, what it massacres constantly. And so Our Lady is real clear on this. And in this message, call the Heavenly Father, Father. What a way to emphasize that. To be children of God, to be able to, anew, call the Heavenly Father, Father. Incredible thing. She's saying, He's your Father. Years ago, I was in Russia. We walked five hours after going on a long, horrible train ride with a lot of horrors of the communists and being feeling this oppression. I recently talked to a priest about it, and he said something that really resonated with me because he was there. He was raised underneath communism, that there was something in the air, something totally of darkness that can't be explained. You felt the presence of Satan. It was one of the most awful feelings I've ever felt the whole time I was there. But I went to meet these bishops in the Ukraine. We had to walk five hours. And when we got there, we was talking about Lenin and what he was doing at the tomb and about, about that way these bishops were raised. And they said, go to Moscow. They teach your children. Go to Moscow. Your father is there. He's your father. He's alive. You can see him. And, of course, they preserved his body in a tomb there. Or was it Lenin? I mean, Stalin. Lenin. And so... I will never forget the way the bishop said that. He said they taught with such benevolence and such love. Go to Moscow. Your father is there. That's exactly how he said it. And they really thought that. They believed that. And so I don't think it's any different now that Hollywood wants to diminish the father, to tear down the father. And who is your father? Lenin? 
Your atheism? Your non-belief? Fatherhood has been under attack. Our lady's coming to reestablish it. Call the Heavenly Father. Father. It's an amazing statement in this message. To be worthy of the Father, love and forgive. He's so worthy that if we don't love and if we don't forgive, we won't have him because she says the Father is love and is forgiveness. If you don't forgive, you don't love, you won't have the Father. And you're not going to be happy. If you don't obey the authority of the Father, you'll never be satisfied in life. And she says, pray and fast because that is the way to your purification. It is the way coming to know and become cognizant of the Heavenly Father. People aren't aware of the Heavenly Father because he's been diminished through the father of the family. This is the way it works. You establish that. What I wrote in 1993, I saw it coming. And it shows it here. When you become cognizant of the Father, you will comprehend that he is all you need. What else do you need? Who else do you need? I think he goes on and says something really incredible. I, as a mother, desire my children to be in a community of one single people where the Word of God is listened to and carried out. An incredible statement. Very incredible. But it's tied to fatherhood. Fatherhood has to be strong in a community. A real man. Jesus loved his mother. Or you might want to say his mama. And Jesus was a real man. You're supposed to imitate Jesus. His paternity. His fatherhood. He was perfect. And he did not do things on his own. He said he's going to check with the father. Abba, he called him. Daddy. An intimate term. Abba, Abba, Jesus said. Daddy, Daddy. That's what that's equivalent to. So the the fatherhood is the concept of God. Father is intimate. That's why she said these words. She wants to be called the Heavenly Father. Father, you're Daddy. And a lot of people who haven't that role or who haven't been in that role will always have a difficulty with God until they establish that within their own heart. It's what real men are. Real men love God. And they love their mama. They love their mother. And she's come by God's direction to show us and point the way to Father, both in the family and in heaven, that we be in the family of God. Another lunchbox punched the clock With my name across my shirt Radio spills the news Superman has got the blues I guess you just lose touch When too much ain't enough And all that stuff is gonna turn to dust and sand In the end But a real man Loves his God and mama
You know what made it so sweet? I was at the square dancing. Was his family and family and community is what made everything so much fun. When you grow up with people of shared values, the same ideas, the same attitude toward God the Father, it's easier to understand where I said that the best form of prayer is community prayer. We might think it's contemplative of being by yourself. I pray by myself. I don't like praying with other people. But why did I say the best form of prayer is community prayer? Well, that reflects scriptures. Where two or more gathered in my name, I am there. Jesus was there. When you pray together, two or three in his name. It's an amazing thing when you start looking at our latest messages and compare them to scriptures. But this message, I as a mother desire my children to be in a community. I spoke to Maria about this. We spoke yesterday about an hour on the phone. Maybe a little bit longer. I said, Maria, by the way, the second of the month message, because we weren't talking about this, I said, our lady said, for the first time ever in 31 years, the word community. She's never said that before. She said, yes, she has. 
I said, no, it's not in the messages. She said, she said yeah, it's your house. I was amazed at Maria saying that. Because she said, after an apparition, that a lady indicated to her that she wanted to establish a community here. Our origins are of a divine nature. I didn't come up with a concept, we're going to do a community. In fact, my reaction to Maria was, and if you've been here, you know we're in the woods, we're at the foot of the Appalachian Mountains, we're in a valley, not a lot of houses around. Sometimes it'd be two hours before a car would go down the road after people went to work, even sometimes two and a half hours. So my reaction after that with Maria was, a community, I moved here to get away from people. See, I didn't want a community. But I didn't know what I wanted, except through the apparitions and what I showed me is God's will, and one of the greatest gifts he gave me is that. People that I could raise my children around with the same ideas. And we're a window. Our lady's done things that we don't deserve here. We haven't married it because we're a bunch of saints. In fact, my mama says snakes because often we are sinners. And people call us that. That's okay. We accept that. Some people do. But I, as a mother, desire my children to be in a community. It's an amazing thing. Now, keep in in mind while I'm reading this that afterwards, Mariana said, when she said this sentence here that I'm reading, that Our Lady said this was resolute and with emphasis. Our Lady said it resolutely and emphasized it. So out of the whole message, this one sentence, Our Lady wanted to stand apart from everything. That's after saying, call your Father, your Heavenly Father, Father. That's a big deal there. But this one sentence, she said so resolutely and so emphasized that she wanted to stand apart. I, as a mother, desire my children to be in a community of one single people where the Word of God is listened to and carried out. Wow. One single people. How do you become one? It's what I wrote yesterday. We were all gathered in, in Medjugorje. It was only community people. Our Lady gave a message for a private apparition with us, with Maria. And I said, I want you to be Jesus' joy. We were shocked. This blew us away. Because from 1988, she was building a community. She wanted something established here. I didn't, but I did want the will of God. And it manifested. And it's a beautiful thing. So in a community of one single people where the word of God is listened to and carried out, that's where our daily work is. That's what we do in this life. And when we're sharing our downtime, like square dancing, it's a beautiful thing. Or going with the kids and playing with the horses. Or helping them learn something. It's a beautiful thing. Who has that? They do. But it's all for the flesh. It's all for the world. It's all in competition. It's all to win a trophy. Nobody does anything just for life. And the experience of life. They want to be rich. They want to be famous. They want to have the kids and eat the cake too. Of course, that's parallel in the saying. They want the cake and eat it too. But everybody has their plans. I had my plans. I didn't want community. God had a better plan when I molded that and never could have came out the way I thought it would be. 
And I can remember thinking, I can make all my children millionaires. I had it. I had it right there on my business where I was headed with it. We were already comfortable. I had it awakened. Do I want to give them money? Or do I want to give them away life? My plan, what I thought, was contrary to God's plan and what he thought. And so I wanted his will. He gave me something much more. Much more than millions. Something I could never imagined. And this is waiting for you. A simple life, beautiful, that makes you rich. Not all the grandeur of Hollywood or the stars or everybody else and being famous, etc. God's got his plan for you. Do you want it? Was it that long ago? Skipping to school with a lunchbox Pigtails in my hair Where did the time go? One minute I'm playing in the sandbox How'd I get to here from there? Making lunches and folding clothes It's not the most glamorous life I know but I've got so much more than most I'm not famous But my kids think I'm a star I'm not rich But I've made a million memories so far Kids think 
The Jewish people held motherhood up on a pedestal, an exalted position. Isn't it interesting now that God the Father is diminished in culture that motherhood is not held in esteem? If you don't hold it up, you can't hold motherhood up. It's an incredible thing that in community here, motherhood's important, fatherhood is important. And our lady says, I desire my children to be, rather, I as a mother desire my children to be in a community. She's telling you she wants you in community. People can rationalize it away, reason away, oh yeah, the parish. How can you be a community of a thousand people? You can't. They find the first shot is just about this. Small communities, self-governed communities. Where you can have the invasion of the filth that comes from the culture and protect the community. Give away a life to your children. In a community of one single people, one mind, one heart, what our lady told us, this community. I wish you to be Jesus' joy. Our lady continues, where the word of God is listened to and carried out. This is our life. This is what we do. This is what we're about. And we transmit this life into written words to bring you to that. We're privileged, yes. We're undeserving, most yes. But a lady didn't ask for a community to be established here without foreseeing where she was leading it. You have to come in July. Do everything you can for July 1st to the 5th to be here. Be in community those five days. You live with us. You do us. You do the prayers with us. You'll taste that. But not everybody can come here and live. Not everybody can go to Medjugorje. Your home has to be made into Medjugorje. We might have to do a whole special show just about this. This emphasized resolute statement. I as a mother desire my children to be in a community of one single people where the word of God is listened to and carried out. It's our whole day. It's our whole life. And so what is it in life that you need except more life? When you get to your end, when there's no more life, you're looking back on what you've done, your achievements, what are you going to want more of? What will you regret? These questions should be asked now because you can act on it and be in a community of one single people where God's word is lived and carried out. Who have you hurt through this life? Or have you reasoned it away? Now's the time to act. Now's the time to decide. Now's the time to forgive. Now's the time to love. As God the Father has, God the Father has done for you and for me. Once we understand that, we'll live life. And we'll understand, when we're reflecting our life, that we wish for more life and more time to live our faith. He stares into the mirror at the shell of a man he once was. At the heart of a dent 
Of what living for the dollar one day does He thinks about the things he's gonna change As soon as he gets it back up to speed Then the nurse comes in with something for the pain Is there anything more you need? He says, yeah More life More time More faith And the presence of mind to breathe deeper Love stronger in the moment one moment longer less anger less worry more life he says I've been a mover and shaker buddy second to none With a will of steel, I could close a deal You bet your life I got it done Lately I think about the ones I might have hurt And how easily I reasoned it away What did I think it all was worth Cause there's nothing that I own I would not trade For more life, more time, more fame And the presence of mind to breathe deeper Love stronger, stay in the moment One moment longer Less anger Less worry There is a woman who has loved me faithfully And children I can't believe are wrong God knows why only now I see They are the one true happiness I've known
And so it is. There's so much more to say about this message, especially about what our lady will emphasize. That perhaps we will do a special on that. I know people are hungry for that. They're hungry for community. They're hungry for that kind of life. Because you do have to have a community to be supportive of a family life. Otherwise, you can't be that independent, especially the way the culture is going. The early Christians didn't go into community without a reason and been forced into it. You can choose it now. Later, you have to just to survive. And so it is, we know, or I know, that Therese was going to stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning and listen to this show in Medjugorje. Brooke and Ruth is there also. But we also have somebody in the studio that can say hi to Therese. Hey, Therese. Get close to the mic. Hi, Therese. Get closer to the mic, Bridget. I'm close. It's seven children. My only last was a daughter. And she sat through the whole show. You got anything else you want to pass to her as a message? The community and how much you miss her in community? I miss you, and I'll come pick you up on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always a long way away. This sounds a little bit like that phone call from Our Lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We're going to go into that. Reflect on this message. Think about all that God offers to us and what He gives to us is his best, his mother. You're in the family, the family of God. Our Lady wants you to join in a community with others of the same, that you might experience the joy of a square dance, of a life, of a new birth of a child, things that make you rich, things that we all long for in the human heart. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night, Therese, Brooke, and Ruth. We'll see you soon. Good night.